right, well, good morning. Who's excited to be here today? Come on, make some noise, excited to be here. Let's go. Man, it's so good to see you guys. I love worship. I, I look forward to every Sunday coming and worship with our church family. We wanna welcome everybody at our Ashland campus as well. Thank you guys for worshiping with us and everybody online. I'm telling you, um, if you missed here at the Moorhead campus, I know you, uh, the Ashland campus, you guys started as a group or started in your groups, but here at the Moorhead campus on Wednesday night uh, in our family nights, we had a few hundred people here last Wednesday night as we start talking about the end times. I'm telling you, if you, if you have time and you're available to be here, I'd love for you to come. We have for our kids, our youth, I mean, the house is packed, it's so good. This Wednesday, I think we're talking about maybe UFOs and aliens and flying saucers and did E.T. really phone home? You know, did E.T. really phone home? Like, we're talking about all that stuff and to talk about some signs of the end times. So just wanna encourage you, if, that's, if that stuff interests you, uh, I'd love for you to come out. We're gonna talk about it, have some fun with it as well. That's this Wednesday night. Also, next weekend at both of our campuses, I just want you to know this, next weekend, I wanna encourage you to do something. We're gonna just be sharing the gospel. I mean, we're gonna be preaching the gospel for those who really need a second nature, that life needs to be changed. They need to be born again. Now, every single one of us in our lives, we have people we know who need Jesus, people you work with, it could be your family members, your friend, it could be a coach, a professor, it could be your roommate, classmate, doesn't matter, a teammate, there's people in your life that you know that they need Jesus and you pray for them and you do everything you can to encourage them, you show, shine a light for them, um, but they've not got to that point in their life. I just wanted you to know that next weekend, we're gonna share the God. We do every Sunday, but I'm talking about that's the main focus. And so if you know anybody in your life, he's like, I gotta get him here, them here next weekend so they can have an opportunity to respond to the gospel. So you bring them, we'll preach it, let's go, and we're expecting life change happening next week. So if there's anybody in your life, I'm saying start praying for them today. Pray for them by name this week and pray that God will open up their heart to the invitation uh, for them to come and then the invitation as he draws them to themselves, so I'm super excited about that. You don't wanna miss it, just make sure you're a part of it. And so we're in part three of this series called Second Nature, and the whole part of this series was how do we grow in our faith It's like it's just second nature? Like it's just, how do we just continue to grow in our faith and grow in, the, in Christ, grow in the Lord, grow in wisdom, grow in discernment, how does that happen? And so we talked about if we're gonna grow anything, it starts with the soul, which really was our heart. Some people have a hard heart, a crowded heart, a shallow heart, but some people have a good heart. When I mean good, I mean fertile. It's ready for God's word. In fact, that was my prayer for every one of you today who, who's here at Better Life Church, that your heart would be ready, expecting that when the seed of God's word is planted in your heart, it would take root and it would grow. I pray that God would protect you this morning, that the enemy don't come and snatch the seed that he wants to plant in your life. And so is your heart ready to receive what God has for us? And then as we continue, last week we talked about bearing fruit, that anything healthy is gonna bear fruit, and how do I stay connected, how do I abide in Christ, because we wanna bear fruit, but the fruit in our life is not for us. The fruit you bear in your life is for the people around you. When you display love and joy and peace and patient kindness, that's just not for you. It's for the people around you to see something's different. In fact, Jesus says, by their fruit, you'll know that you're my disciple. By your fruit, how do I know I'm truly saved? You produce the fruit. I can't judge your heart, but I can look at the fruit of your life. And so we talked a little bit about that last week. And so today we're gonna continue with this series and we're talking about some nutrients. You know, how, how, do, we, how do we have and feed the things in our life to help us grow? Now, if you remember in the first week, I talked about my wife, she likes to grow and she likes to plant these pots of, 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 of flowers and, and uh, trees and all this stuff. And one of the things that can really help do that is, come on, no other than a little bit of 
Miracle Grow. That's right. Got a little bit of Miracle Grow in the house. In fact, that's the name of the day's sermon, Miracle Grow. So anyway, and so Miracle Grow is what? What's it? It's full of nutrients. If you read this bag, which I can't because I don't have my glasses, and yes, I'm getting to that point where I need them, is is all kinds of crazy stuff in here with all these all this stuff, and it probably has like some chicken poo and stuff like that. I'm serious, like it has a little bit of manure, all that stuff, so that it helps it grow and nourish the plant. So it, it dawned on me is when this series about second nature, growing in our faith, growing. Our, what what are what are some miracle grow things that we can do? Like if you're serious about really growing in Christ, if you're serious about really becoming truly following after Jesus, if you really want to increase in wisdom and discernment and favor and prosper and be successful and walk in what God has for you, what are some things that you do? What are some things that you can nourish your life with? What are some things that, watch this, that miracle grow? Now we know that just because I do these things, I'm not gonna grow is it? But what are some practical steps that I could take to put nutrients in my life that I could become more and more and more like Jesus. Because ultimately, is it not the thing? That I could grow in Christ. And so some of this is gonna be so profound, but it's so basic that we just, we just neglect it. And, and the things I'll share with you is like, why am I not doing those things? If that's really what's gonna help me grow in Christ, then why am I not doing them? And so that's what we really wanna focus on today because here's what I want you to know. I am so glad you're here. I mean, I am tickled. I'm so thankful every Sunday that you show up to come and worship with the family of God. I'm so thankful for that. But I will tell you this, Sunday morning alone will not nourish your soul. And so many people determine on a 30-minute message that has been chewed on, regurgitated back to you so that you think that's all that you need for the week until next week and it nourishes your soul. And you know that sometimes how life is like, we got a devil who wants to tempt us, a world that hates us, a must of all the other stuff that goes on in our life, and we come in here usually on beating and views, just like, man, I need, to, I need to get a little bit of energy, I need to get a little bit of fed, I gotta get some nourishment because, man, this has been a tough week. How do you do this without just Sunday morning alone? Because it's just not Sunday morning. We need the things in our life, practical things, that we can grow in our faith, and that's what we're gonna talk about. We don't want just passive fellowship. I just don't want Jesus, whenever I need him passively, I wanna be active. In the good times, the bad times, the silent times, when I don't hear him, when I don't, when I don't sense him, but I'm still active, not just in the bad times. So how does that work? What are some things I need to do? Well, I've got five nutrients for you today. I know it's five. We're gonna get through them in the next 23 minutes and 20 seconds, I promise you. And so these five things, watch this, watch this. Some of these gonna be so basic. Sunday school, Sunday school stuff. But the reality is, are we doing these things? This is what's gonna nourish your soul. And so if you're doing these things and you're like, hey, I haven't blossomed yet, I haven't grown yet, you keep doing it. You keep doing it. If God wants to grow a mushroom, it takes him six days. If he wants to grow an oak tree, it takes him 60 years. And so you just gotta keep putting in the discipline, you gotta keep nourishing your soul, and you can see what God can do in your life. So if you're ready to get started, so let's go. All right, here we go. The first one, you ready? So easy, so simple. My daughter even knows this one. Come on, here we go. Prayer. Oh my goodness, prayer. Like this is so important. And you're like, really? You brought me out here on Sunday morning. Well, I didn't bring you out here, the Lord did. You came in here on Sunday morning just to tell me about prayer. That's right, prayer. We only usually use prayer when things are not going good. I mean, at the end of the day, most people, that when things go down, something happens, not good. Like in the good times, I don't really need to talk to God. I really, I, every now and then, I say, thank you, Lordy. You know, I throw something up, but really, I don't need to talk to God during that time. But this is so key, because let me tell you what. Prayer shows humility. When you pray, you are saying, God, I cannot do this without you. 
good times, bad, especially in the good times. Because in the good times, you'll start thinking, you know what, man, I am pretty good, right? You know, my craft, my skill, my, my talent, look what's going on, life is good. You know, I'm, I'm being pretty good right now. Things are good at home, things are good at work. And all of a sudden, you, you'll say, man, I'm in a good space because I'm doing something good, something right. And what that shows, God, I don't need you. Prayer is, a, is, is it shows humility. In fact, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 this, pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. Now, we could do this in all kinds of ways. We could have conversational prayers with God. You could pray on the way to work. You could pray before you go to bed and all stuff. I'm talking about all throughout the day. Like you start a conversation with God, but you never say amen into the evening. Like it's an all-day conversation. You pray without ceasing. And when you're at work, before you walk into a meeting, God, you know what? <laughs> I really need your help today because I'm gonna jack slap somebody. Like I need you to help me, right? My, 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 I'm saying my temper, like, is like or, or God, no, thank you when you come out. Thank you, God, that meeting went better than I thought it was. I'm just gonna stop and say, man, I, I didn't anticipate that to happen. You know, God at work, this is what's going on. God, when I drive home today, I pray that you will guard my mouth and protect me for the things, for the people that I love because I'm frustrated from work. I don't wanna bring that stuff home. Put a doorpost over my mouth and guard the words that come out of me. Like, I mean, you can continue constantly pray all the time. Now, if you're praying, God, help me get an A on the test and you didn't study for it, I don't know if he's gonna answer that one. I tried that before. It didn't work. And so it's a pray without ceasing. You're constantly praying. Now, Jesus says this in Matthew 6. Look what he says. But as for you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now we know what follows, right? The Lord's Prayer. But this is very important in Matthew 6, 6. There's a, there's a few things, it says, but as for you, when you pray. Let me tell you something about prayer real quick. One, it needs to be personal. It needs to be you, it's between you. Well, I got people praying, and we did corporate prayer, or we sit around the table, and my wife blessed the food, so I really don't need to pray. My kid blessed the food, someone prayed. No, no, on the way, walking in down the hallway, coming in here, both of my sons put their hand on me and prayed over me. I'm not just determined on other people's prayer. Like, it's my personal, look what it says. But when you do it, but when you go and pray, when you do this, it's personal, it's for you. Look what else it says, it's practical. It says, go into your inner room. What's your inner room? Like, what is your prayer closet? What is your inner room? Close your door. This means this, what works for you works for you. Some people, man, they get up at four o'clock in the morning and they pray, they drink their coffee and read their Bible and they go run a 5K and then they come home and wash clothes and then all of a sudden before anybody gets out of bed at 6.45, they're ready to go. I envy people like that. Like, that's crazy, that's psycho stuff. You know, like, and some of y'all do that and you're good at it. And you will look and say, yes, right, you gotta get up at 4 a.m. and pray. I'm like, what, is Jesus even up at 4 a.m.? Like, come on, like, are you serious like that? But see, it works for them. You gotta find out, because you can read all the stuff on prayer. You gotta pray here, you gotta pray then. When are you the most engaged and active to have really focused prayer? Because Paul says pray without ceasing. But what works for you? So it has to be personal, but it, gotta be, it has to be practical. You can't just say, well, what's your schedule like? I wanna pray like you. Well, mine's crazy. So you can't do that. So what works for you? But here's something else. It says, pray to your father who's in secret and your father sees what you've done in secret will reward you. Guess what your father's? Your heavenly father's everywhere. So this needs to be portable as well wherever you go. I could do it in my car. I could do it at lunch for 30 minutes in my cubicle. I could shut the door at the office. Like I'm talking about your intense focus prayer, not just your conversation with God through the day. I'm talking where you get before God and you have carved out time and prayed to him because it's private. 
And so what works for you works for you. And so listen, you gotta find that works for you. Don't beat yourself up because you're not a morning person. You can't get up before you go to work and pray. And you go, oh, I'm just not a good, this, I'm just not a good Christian stuff. No, figure out what works for you in your closet. And what works for you, carve out that time and spend some time in private prayer. Yes, there's corporate prayer. We do this on Wednesday nights. We're taking communion together every Wednesday night for the next nine weeks. We're doing corporate prayer together. I'm like, like, we are in this. But there must be private prayer for you. And so we talk about prayer, but only when there's emergency. No, it needs to be without ceasing. This is, watch this, this is one of the keys of the miracle grow in your life. Sprinkle a little bit of private prayer, not pray without ceasing, because what you're saying is this, God, I need you. And when God sees your humility, (laughs) he said, I will lift you up. I will begin to grow you. So the first one is prayer. Here's the second one, another one, ready? Bible study, Bible study. Notice I didn't say reading your Bible, I said Bible study. There's a difference between reading your Bible and studying your Bible. Anybody know the difference between reading your Bible and studying your Bible? It's very easy, a pen. When you have a pen and pencil in your hand and you go and you study your Bible, what do you think that show, what is that saying to God? Because here's what I'm here to tell you, listen to me. The number one way that God speaks to us today is through his word. The number one. Not your impression that you think you had from God because it was just a burnt burrito you ate yesterday. And he's like, maybe God's speaking to me. No, that's just something bad you ate yesterday. Like, I'm talking, well, I watched the news. Dear goodness gracious. Like this, listen to me. The number one way that God speaks to his people. Why do you think the devil wants to keep you from this? Why do you think you sit around and make excuses? Well, I just don't understand the Bible. I just don't really like to read. I don't like studying. I wasn't good in school. Like we have all these excuses, right? And you could do some unbelievable stuff at work. You could read countless blogs and articles. You could scroll Facebook and read how everybody's at Walmart trying to buy kale on sale. Are you kidding me? Like all this stuff. I'm telling you, this is the number one way. And I'm not talking about just reading your Bible. I'm talking about studying your Bible. And the difference between reading and studying is you grab a pen and paper. And you say, God, I come before you and I'm ready for you to speak to me because this is what it shows God. When I show up ready for God to speak to me, it shows I'm prepared. It shows that I'm engaged. It shows that I'm committed. And it shows that, God, I respect you. The creator of the universe is about to speak to me when I study my Bible. I don't come in, this is the number one way God wants to speak to me. You wanna hear God's voice? Then read your Bible out loud. Some of y'all will catch on that just in a moment. Read it out. Get in God's word and get in here and study it, not just read it. Because you can read it, but I'm talking about studying. That's why you take just a few verses and study it. You don't have to read like, I'm gonna read five chapters a day or all this stuff and I'm gonna start in January and I'm reading through the whole book of the Bible. Well, when you get to Leviticus, you're gonna be struggling a little bit. I promise you that. Like, Like I'm telling you, studying your Bible not just reading your Bible. And honestly, here's just a real quick coaching tip for you. For those of us who have bosses and your employees and you got people you report to and you got direct reports, I'm telling you what, just a little coaching tip. If you will enter when your boss wants to meet with you or speak with you or talk to you, if you'll show up prepared, you show up with the pen and paper like, yeah, I'm here, would you, just, can, you wanna meet with me? And they see that you're prepared when your boss says something or your leader says something, when they see it, it shows that you respect them, you're engaged, you're committed. I'm telling you, when you show up with the pen and paper and say, did you wanna meet with me? I'm, I'm ready, like, what, do you, what would you like to talk with me about? 
it just shows, it sends a signal to people that, hey, I'm ready for this. And I respect you, what you're about to tell me and what you need to say to me. And so I just wanna encourage it. Let's get prepared and go to God. Because the Bible tells, it's not on the screen, but the Bible tells that all scripture, everybody say all. All, Old Testament, New Testament. All scripture is God-breathed and it's useful to do what? To teach us, to rebuke us, to correct us, and to train us. Now, if I wanna grow in my faith, you think God wants to take a little bit of Bible study, a little bit of miracle growth, come on, pour this in your life, we're gonna grow, why? Because I wanna teach you, I want to correct you, I want to rebuke you. Because by rebuking you, watch this, leads to repentance, that leads to fruit in your life, it's the fruit of repentance. And then I want to train you, why does God wanna do this? Watch this, for righteousness. So now Bible says like, well, I mean, the preacher told me I gotta study my Bible, right? Low and Sunday, he goes, oh, I gotta go, where I don't even know where to start in this thing. Like, I gotta read it, and, and I don't even understand this. See the attitude of your heart? But when you come prepared, and you get before God and pray, God, I, you, speak to me. I'm engaged and I'm ready, I'm, I'm committed. What do you wanna say to me? Let's have a conversation. How's God gonna have a conversation? Through his word. And you're wondering why we're not growing. You want nourishment to your soul? You just gotta show humility, get on your face before God. You gotta get in God's word and eat the word of God. I love what the psalmist says in 119, it says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Now watch this, for some of you are praying, I need God's discernment, I need God to answer me. I need, should I take this job or this job? Marry this person, this person? Go to this school or this school? Should I do this or buy this or not this? God, I need you to come through. Look what he says, my word. Not what Google says, not what your broke uncle says, not what all your friends say, my word. And the problem is when you gotta make decisions in our life, we don't go to God's word, we go to everybody else. And he says, my word is a lamp to your feet. I'm gonna show you the next step, but it will light up your path. We don't want the next step. We wanna know what's going on down there. God said, no, 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 you follow me. Here's how you follow me. Get in my word and I will light up the path for you to take the next step. You just gotta trust me. You don't think the enemy knows that? That's why he wants to keep you away from it. You wanna nourish your soul? Don't just read your Bible, study your Bible. Get in it, and that's what we're doing on Wednesday nights together as we begin to study and look at this. Here's a third one, and this is a big one that most of us, honestly, and including myself, this is a big one that we, we miss when it comes to nourish our soul, and it's meditation. We have to not just pray, got that, check, okay, you've learned a little about that, I can have a conversation with God, just a conversation back and forth, and I could read my Bible and study my Bible, check, okay, I could get the tools, we'll help you. We, have a, we will help you do this. We'll give you some tools to help you study your Bible. But here's the big one we cannot help you do, and that's meditate. This is a personal choice you have to choose to meditate. Because if you'll take a little bit of meditation, now watch this, you take a little bit of meditation and put a little bit of sprinkle meditation in your life, a little bit of miracle growing in your life, it will nourish and it will cause you to grow. Now, when I think, when I say the word meditation, I know what probably comes to your mind. Someone's sitting there, right, crossing their legs, um, I know, right, I mean, you just, at least that's what, pray for me, that's where my mind went. When I think of meditation, I don't know what you think of meditation. You put the all I thought I said medication. <laughs> like, I need some medication. No, you need some meditation. Medication you may need too. See a doctor, I'm not a doctor. But you need some meditation in your life and that will help you grow. How does that work? Look here, Psalms 119.15. This is what the psalmist says. I will meditate 
on your precepts, on your word, on your law, and I'll regard the, your ways. I'm gonna meditate on what you say, and I will regard your way. Now, what does it mean to meditate? Let me put it in this a simple, simple way. Meditation literally means you have a mental conversation with yourself, which you do anyway. You already have this, right? You have, listen, you lie to yourself more than the devil lies to you. You always have a mental conversation 24-7 running in your head. It's what keeps you up at night a lot of times, the mental conversations that you have. Over, it is a mental conversation with yourself. Watch this, about God's word and his precepts. Now, if I don't get in God's word, how can I meditate on God's word? It will come distorted. It will become what I think God's word says and means, not what it actually means. This one is huge, where I'm sitting there. The word meditation really, there's a picture there. It also comes from like a cow who chews the cud. They just keep chewing it and chewing it and chewing it and they swallow it, mm, that was good. But then they throw it up, oh, disgusting. And then they chew on it some more. It shows where they're meditating on it. In the same way, God, you've spoken to me. I studied your word, but now I'm going to think about it. I'm having a conversation in my mind about it. And I've done this, like you have a conversation with yourself about God's word in the present moment that you're dealing with. This is where all of a sudden you're sitting here and all of a sudden temptation comes or something comes or something where, and all of a sudden you remember the verses that you read and you said, but Daniel this, but God, you said this in your word. Here's the promises that you have in your word. So I'm gonna think about how does that mean today? How can that apply to my life? I'm gonna meditate on it, not just read it and forget it. Not just because in about an hour from now when you're sitting there eating, watching football, you're like, he says something about miracle Grow. I don't even know what that is. Is that for plants? I went to church and I got like a green thumb, you know, how to plant pots at church and grow, you know, trees. That's not, no, no. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to come in and snatch and deceive you. So you will forget and snatch the word out of your heart. Meditation drives it deeper in your heart so it can take roots and it will grow. Listen to Joshua 1a, I love this. I, I talked this to my kids just the other day. We talked about a little bit about meditation. Joshua 1a, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall, say it with me, meditate. Say meditate. Meditate on it, how, when, just in the morning before I go to work, day and night. You are thinking about God's word. How does it apply when I go into my workplace? How does it apply when I go into the floor? How does it apply when I'm in the locker room? How does it apply when I go to school? How does it apply to my finances? How does it apply to my marriage? How does it apply to my, my, my parenting? How does it apply to in, in, in retirement? Like, how does this work in my life? I'm gonna meditate on it, watch this, day and night. Look what this, look what it says. So that you may be careful to do all according to all that's written in it, for watch what, watch what it says. So for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will achieve success. Let me tell you something I know about you. You wanna be prosperous and you wanna be successful. God gets to define prosperous, not the world, and God gets to define successful. How do I get that? Sprinkle a little bit of meditation in your life. Because his promises are true. If you'll pray and you'll study my word and you will meditate on my word, watch this. I will grow you and prosper you and make you successful. 
He gets to define what that, not the world. He does. Now, knowing that, let me, I'm, I'm, I'm not being mean. Knowing that, why don't we do it? Either God's a liar and we don't believe it, or we just choose not to grow in our faith. And I wonder why we're getting beat up and beat down. One step forward, five steps back. I'm doing good, bam, and then life hits. Meditate on God's word. Here's the fourth one. You wanna grow in your faith, grow in the Lord, then you need to serve. This one's huge. Because honestly, I'm gonna be real honest, most people don't want to serve, they want to be served. I mean, think about it, right? Especially when you come to church stuff, everybody wants to be a servant until you're treated like one. And then when someone treats you like that, you're like, how dare you? Or people serve and they sit around and go, don't anybody recognize what I do around here? Does people not see what I do at work? Does people not see how I've served my family? Does people not see how I serve at school? Does people not recognize, why don't anybody see what I do? Does people not recognize me? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's the attitude. God looks at your heart. It's the attitude of your heart. And serving, listen to me, listen to me, serving will grow your faith. Watch this, when you begin to serve with the right heart, God sprinkles this miracle grow, not this miracle grow, but God's like, man, look at the, look at the humility, look at their heart, look at their selflessness, because a lot of people serve for self-giving. They serve for a reason to get, not to give. God looks at the attitude of your heart, why you do what you do. And when you serve, look here, Mark 10. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Listen to me, when you serve, it makes you more like Jesus. Is that not the ultimate goal that God's doing in our life? Conforming us to the image of his Son, making us more like Jesus? Listen, when I serve, it makes me more like Jesus when I do it with the right heart and with the right attitude. And I'm gonna be honestly, we're living in the world today that everybody wants to be served. How can we stand up and stand out? We serve. Watch this, with nothing in return. And when you begin to serve and give your life to people and stuff and things, listen, for nothing in return, God sees our heart. Like today, we have hundreds of people serving at all of our campuses here. They're serving you so that you could have a great experience. And, and watch this, they serve so that you could hear God's word and experience God's word in a great way. They serve. And by doing that, watch this, watch this, we grow together. And I'm not just talking about the church. You definitely be, the Bible commands us, if you're a Christian, you're to serve in the family of God. I mean, that's like a command. That's not even a suggestion. He says this in 1 Peter 4.10, each one has received a special gift. And look what he says, employ it. <laughs> Deploy the gift in your life and serve one another. He's talking to the family of God, serve one another. Use the gift that God's given you and serve. And if you don't know what your gift is, we're here to help you. One way we can serve you is help you to discover your gift that God's given you so you can use it to serve the body of Christ. Why? Because then we grow. I'm not talking numerically, I'm talking in our roots. We grow down as a family of, of God. And so if you're not serving in some capacity, in some way, I'm not talking about what you're working, I'm talking about just serving, volunteering your heart and you're serving with nothing to receive back. You are missing one of the nourishments in your soul. 
to serve. For God to do something great and to become like Jesus. And then the last one, here's the last little miracle grow in your life, is to fellowship. This is, a, this is where we really truly just open up our hearts and we fellowship with one another. We say we do this, but we really don't do this well. I'm not talking about surface level. I'm talking about this is my family. This is my church family. This is where it helps me find strength. This helps me hold on when I wanna let go. This is when all hell breaks out in my life. These are the people I can turn to. These are the people I celebrate in the good times. These are the people I could be vulnerable and celebrate in the bad times. Because what the enemy wants you to do is not to open up, isolate yourself, because if he can isolate you, he can destroy you. Don't tell people about your problems, or even don't tell people about your success, because they may look at you as this, 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 and this. And I'm gonna tell you, this is one of the one ways, it, watch this, watch this, you wanna grow? You wanna grow, right? We say sprinkle deep fellowship with the family of God in your life, and that just can't happen in 30 minutes on Sunday morning. Sunday morning alone will not nourish your soul. It's when we put these things in the principle. Listen to what John says, 1 John 1. If we say that we have fellowship with Jesus, that's with him, and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. There's a lot of people say that. Oh, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? But their life walks in darkness. We would call that person a hypocrite, two-faced, two-mask. They say one thing, but their life shows something else. But if, look at the if, if it's a condition, if it's a choice. But if we walk in the light, we truly are saved. We truly have been born again. We truly have the second nature. I'm gonna talk about that next week. As he himself is in the light. We have what? Not just fellowship with him. Look what he says. With one another. Like what? when I'm loving him and fellowship with him, I cannot help but be fellowship with the family. He says we have fellowship with one another. Why? Because the blood of Jesus, his son, has cleansed us from all sin. From all sin. And so when you look here at these nutrients you could put in your life. What are some of the miracle growing? What are some of these things? Like, you're not gonna grow like, bam, you're gonna shoot up overnight. But I tell you what, you go home when you pray and you grab a pen and paper and you study your Bible and you go ahead and you meditate on it and then you turn around and you serve your family tonight, I promise you, you'll wake up feeling different tomorrow. Now watch this, I don't do it for the feeling. I don't do it to get something from God. I don't do it so it helps me feel better about me. When God sees the attitude of your heart, when you begin to pray and study your Bible and meditate and serve and have deep fellowship, and that's one thing we're practicing on Wednesday night as a family. We're gonna fellowship as a family of God. We're gonna fellowship together. These are, when we put these in the bread, watch this, we cannot help but to grow. That my roots will grow down so when the storms come, the, on the riverbanks it says, that I will bear fruit in the seasons, that I will be immovable, not because I'm good, not because of what I do, it's because of who he is. The Bible says, let your roots grow down in Christ. How do I get my roots to grow down in him? Pray. Study your Bible. Meditate. Serve. Have fellowship with people. 
the family of God. And I'm telling you, you will grow. I promise you, you will grow. So out of these, what are the ones that you need to practice on? What are the ones you need to add to your life? Go home, build your plan, build your system, find your closet, find the time, what works for you. It's gotta be personal, it's gotta be private, it's gotta be portable, you can take and move it however you want to, but it needs to be uninterrupted with no distraction so you can hear what God has to say to you. And I'm telling you, you will grow. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and to reflect on what area do you need to start working on? Pick one. You may not be changing them all overnight. Start on one of them. I'm gonna start adding this. You know, I never thought about, I just read my Bible, I'm gonna grab a pen and paper and I'm gonna ask God to speak to me through your word. He will. Meditate. Well, I'm gonna try that tomorrow. I'm gonna find me a verse. I'm gonna try to think about it. I'm gonna post it somewhere. Put it on my computer screen. Put it on my desk. Put the background on my phone. Because I know you touch your phone a lot. So you gotta see it every time you pick your phone up. It comes up. I'm gonna think about that. Try to keep it in my mind. I'm gonna build a system. It's okay. Find something that works for you. Serve. You don't have, you don't, you're not serving? Let us help you. We're here to help you. Ashley, we're here to help you. Take your next step and serve. Fellowship, we're working on it. We're trying to create some opportunities for we can fellowship together as a church family. So that we can grow. At the end of the First John, it says this, the reason why we can do this and have unity with the Spirit, with the light, with Jesus, with one another, is because we have this in common. The blood of Jesus has cleansed us from all of our sins. And so my question to you, are you here today? And maybe the reason you're not fellowship with God is because He's not forgiving you of all your sins because you've not repented and believed in Him. And if that's you today, watch this. You can repent from your sin, turn from your sin, turn to God, put your faith and trust in Him, and the Bible says you will be saved. And so my, my prayer for you today, all of our campuses, that you would repent of your sin. How do I do that? Well, the Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So I want to encourage you right now where you are, cry out to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. You died for me. You got up out of the grave for me. And today I repent of my sin. I'm going to turn from my sin. And I'm going to put all my faith and trust in you. Now help me follow you and bear free for the rest of my life. And then the last invitation real quick. Who, would God, who did God put on your heart in the beginning of this service when I said, who in your life you know needs to know Jesus? Was it a spouse? Was it a, a sister, a brother, an aunt, uncle? Was it a coach? Was it your roommate? Was it somebody that you know that you're close to? Here's what I want you to do. Will you right now begin to pray for them? And don't stop praying all week for God to draw them for God to open up their eyes and for you have the courage to not just invite them, but bring them next week so they can hear the gospel that changed your life. So it will change theirs. It's a big Sunday. Harvest, we're praying that God saves tons of people next week. Let's go get them and bring them so they can hear the life-changing message. Father, thank you so much for your word. 
Thank you for how relevant it is. I pray that we would be men and women of God who will let our roots grow down in you. I cannot wait to see what you're gonna do in and through your church, Lord. It's in your name we ask and we pray, amen.